If you are in Sydney or Melbourne, listen up because we have some exciting news for you. Listen. Yeah, listen. Saturday, July. (laughs) Melbourne, we are doing Do Go On The Quiz Show live one night only or one afternoon only. Part of the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic on Saturday, July 6th at 3pm. This is 2024. And then the next weekend in Sydney, we are going up for a live Do Go On podcast at the fabulous Ritz Cinema on Saturday, July 13th at 3pm. Also 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Listen. 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 And get tickets. Buy tickets. Tickets at dogoonpod.com. Come. Let's do it. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome Welcome to to another another episode episode of Do Do Go On. Do Go On. My name is Dave Dave Warnicke and I'm here with with Jess Jess and Matt. Matt. How many many weeks are we this now? (laughs) Jess, if you want to do the intro, you just say. I just want I just I just like doing things together. Oh, okay. Just like to be near you, right? It was hard to tell if you're trying to annoy him or you or wanted you want to, to be, be him. him. Be him. Be him. It's be the him. Girls the girls want to be on, on him, him. <laughs> and, the and the guys, guys want to be, be with, with him. him. Is that it? Is that it? Yeah. It's I, really I... hard to talk when Jess is <laughs> going under me. I, did I say English words then? No. Really? It was, it was all backwards and it was just sounded like you were saying, <laughs> the Satan is my God. <laughs> the Satan. Oh, oh we... how embarrassing. Oh, yeah. I'm the idiot. Let's like the out. Facebook. <laughs> Early on, Satan was called the Satan, but then Justin Timberlake came in and he said, get rid of the the, <laughs> which was a band at the time, and they left the room, and then... He said, now that we're alone, yeah. <laughs> I want you. I can't stand the the. They the, the are so the... pretentious. Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, anyway, can we talk about the the? Oh, they're back. All right, get out of here, the band the the, please. <laughs> now, if we could just chat about the the in your name. Did you, Sorry, did somebody mention us? It's... No. No, I'm talking about the the in the Satan's name, please, the the. Get out of here. Thank you. Sorry, the Satan. I'm look. I'm gonna just do it. You're Satan now, okay? Okay. You're looking at me like I'm Satan. You are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. In our worlds, they also are apparently Satan. have broad appeal to both men and women. Appreciate you saying that, Matt. Okay. What did I say? Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you said that men, women want to be with me. Men want to be on me. No, right. all the way around. I don't care. I'll take them all. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, great. Much like Satan. Thank yeah, you. he'll take them all. Accepted. I don't know what that means either. Jess, I'm looking forward to taking you out of context yelling, I 
What was it? I love the Satan. Now I've said it. Oh, God. <laughs> Matt, quick, you say it. Otherwise, you'll be able to use this against me. I love goodness. Oh, well played. And purity and being n- n- kind. <laughs> I can't think of a third nice thing. Yeah, I can't think of what's that thing that all those fucking nerds say. I think, it would, I think you'd find that Satan would find it hard to say. Those <laughs> I can't do it. I can't pretend. <laughs> the word was burning my tongue. How very interesting. So anyway, we're a show called Do Go On, the podcast. Uh, do Go On podcast. And we... No podcast, just Do Go On. Do Go On. Great. Okay. And on this show, uh, each week we do a different rap, <laughs> rap. But that's oh no, of... she made me say rap in West Philadelphia. <laughs> born and raised. I, th- yeah, I don't know why that was in my head. Well, that was the. F- I mean the this that, the, the first rap. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to think of rap, that's the rap you think of. Correct. I mean, you're the person who was talking about ASAP Rocky before. Yeah. So you know rap. I know rap. Anyway, so this show is called Do Go On, and it's about a different topic each week, and one of us. Does a report on that topic. This week it's Jess' Jess turn. And And to get on topic, she's uh, feeling destructive. Jess Jess will ask ask a question question. and then we'll we'll do the report. report. I now understand. Thank you. Now Jess asks the question. But I I don't feel comfortable speaking it unless somebody else is also speaking. So So could you try to figure out what the question is, please? Um, how many Chuck does Woody Wood Wood? Chucky Chuck, Woody Wood Wood, Chuck Chuck. I can confirm that is written on Jess's screen. <laughs> Thank you. And the answer, of course, is Matilda Swinton. <laughs> that's not a, that's not her name. <laughs> I, I imagine that's what Tilda stands yeah, for. Oh, baby, oh, I did I it. I want to know. Can we? Oh, <laughs> no, I need to know. Tilda Swinton. Uh, Catherine Matilda Swinton. All right, well, I did it. So it stands. Tilda stands for Catherine. Yes, it's very strange. It is confusing. Okay, now what is the question, Jess? Ugh. You've written one. You said you excitedly told us before we started recording that you've written I did. one. This I week. wrote it. I wrote it, and not five minutes ago. Last night, well, very early this morning. Wow, that's great. So my question to you, gentlemen slash fuckboys. <laughs> Hang on. Is this? I'm the gentleman here. <laughs> I'm the Slash, <laughs> guitarist from the band Guns N' Roses. My question is, who was once called the most dangerous man on TV? Dave Warnicky. That's bullshit and you know it. <laughs> Firstly, never been on TV. <laughs> Secondly. I've um, been on TV and I've been very dangerous. How? One time. <laughs> what, with your dazzling ma- no, looks? It's mainly I'm dangerous when I get in the kitchen and attempt to cook. That's it's not on TV, dangerous. is it? You know, you've not been on MasterChef, I've have you? I've been pitching cooking shows f- for many years. Yes. I haven't had any interest. Okay. Well, it's not Dave Warnicky. Okay. Is it Michael Jackson in the uh, Dangerous Era when he did a Dangerous special, when he did the film clip with Eddie Murphy where they – it was called Remember the Time? No. Is it Evil Can <laughs> Evil? Knievel? No. The most dangerous person on TV. Yeah, you're going to – it's an interesting one. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Is it a bad no. person? No. Or it's just that's part of the, again. That's Michael Jackson. It's not necessarily some someone that you might uh, might spring to mind. Think about it more in terms of a Glenn performance Ridge. style. Oh, dangerous performance style! So uh, the amazing man. Jonathan. The amazing Jonathan, <laughs> a comedian that would do horrible stuff. I don't remember but, the amazing Jonathan. Shock and horror was his sort of act. No, it's not my bad. It would purposefully yeah, but, go wrong, and he would, you know, there would be a lot of blood. Oh. 
No, thank you. Um, Alice Cooper. No, good one, though. The most dangerous man, David Letterman. That guy was unhinged. I suppose you're moving more in the right kind of direction. Jay Leno. Not not, Conan. Not a late show host. Well... A show that's on quite American? late at night, American. American late night show. Weekend. Host. At uh, Bernie's. Hot dogs. Up late with hot dogs. It is hot dogs <laughs> from Big Brother. <laughs> the most dangerous man on top. I think I think you need I think you need to give it to us, Jess. I think we've had enough yeah, on sorry. cracks here. Uh anyone from Saturday Night Live maybe stand out? Bill Murray. Similar era. Keep going. Chevy Chase. Whoa, you're so close. Oh, Chasey Chess. Was Steve, Steve Martin wasn't on that. Who was no, it? Um, you're thinking the right era of person. Dan though. Aykroyd. What? Who else? John, John Belushi. Yes. Oh, it's about John Belushi. It's about John Belushi. John Belushi. Yes. He was called the most dangerous man on television. Yes. What was he doing? He's bloody wild. Really? Yeah. Um, so I put it to our um, Patreon Supporters. Who suggested John Belushi? I haven't seen him in the hat. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, it was suggested by Mac Shildroth. Great one, Mac. Uh, and I, I put to the hat, um, sorry, I put to the Patreons because my last couple of reports have been Hollywood biographies. Uh, and oh, we, yes. We sort of said we wanted to make it like a trip ditch. Trip ditch, yes. So I put it to them and I gave them four options of people uh, from a similar kind of era or like, you know, anyone in that sort of entertainment industry. I said, who do you want to hear more about? Really? That's surprising to me. That's great. And a huge response, yeah, was for John Belushi. I was quite surprised by that one. There was a couple of great suggestions in the hat, which I won't say because hopefully we'll get to do them another time. But, um, yeah, overwhelming response for John Belushi. And I didn't know heaps. So it's quite interesting. Did you have his brother in the hat as well? No. Oh, disappointing. Once again, Jim misses out. (laughs) Although I did learn of two actors who were siblings that I did not know about, which I will, I will talk. The about. Olsen twins, Jess. I mean, twins is in their title. Yeah, but they're not completely identical. Yes, so one slightly taller. One's left-handed. Yeah, Mary okay. Kate. Yeah, it could be they. They could be strangers. That's true. So, well, no, they couldn't be strangers. I mean, they know each other. But they, at one stage, they could have been strangers. Yes, they could have been born strangers. Yeah, and in a way, aren't we all born strangers? <laughs> Not so twins. True. They've known each other since they were little sperms. Yeah, but do you ever really know a person? Oh, they know sperms. When is when when are you a little sperm? Yeah, I I okay. Full disclosure. Don't have any sperm, so I don't know heaps about gonna say, sperm. Full disclosure, I don't know how it works, <laughs> and I'd like to leave that as a mystery. Yeah. Well, do you, hopefully you um, take up the story from when John Belushi was a sperm. Obviously. And we can we can go from there. So about nine months before the 24th of January 1949, <laughs> John Belushi was a sperm. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Beyond that point. Actually, no, it would have been like even before that because nine months before he was like, it would have been that weird tadpole yeah. part egg part sperm yeah. section. And then, Look, I'm sorry, I, I have been holding this from you guys. I am a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry to use those big words there. I'm sitting here thinking, what is he talking yeah. about? Yeah. Look, you're going to have to do a full report on this, Matt, because I am lost already. Okay. We'll save that for later. Let's get on with the <laughs> human form of Belouche. So, John. So what time did he emerge from the vaginal cavity? Ew. Cavity? Hmm? Canal? Cavity. You, stop trying to Ooh. talk like a scientist, David. You're doing it wrong. I, like Look, I cavity. think you'll find that somewhere on the Richter scale, he came in at a four. 
All right. I mean, that's true, but you lucked into that. Thank you. Yes. Very lucky. Very, very lucky. Wow. Um, so January 24, 1949, John Adam Belushi was born in Chicago. Ah, Chicago, the windy city. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Chicago? Chicago. 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 You're speaking like a local. <laughs> He was raised in Wheaton, which is a suburb 30 miles or 48 k's west of Chicago. 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 I'm so sorry. Along with his three siblings, younger brothers Billy and Jim and sister Marion. His father, Adam, had immigrated to America from Albania and his mother, Agnes, was the daughter of Albanian immigrants as well. Uh, His father owned a restaurant, spent most nights working. During the week, he'd stayed in an apartment above the restaurant to avoid the 50K commute. So the kids didn't see much of their father growing up. Oh. Their mother also worked, so John and his siblings were often kind of left on their own. However, their grandmother, who they called Nana, was around and was a very important part of of the Belushi kids' lives. They called her that because she would cook with nunchucks. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, she cooked a traditional Albanian cuisine, um, Albanian pizzas, Uh Albanian pastas, Uh um, Albanian Chinese food. Yep. Yeah, she'd do it all, but she'd do it with chopsticks. Wow. Yeah. Right. That's so interesting. Yes. Uh, Thank you. And obviously really influenced him later in life. I mean, obviously. Bit of sizzle there. She was... uh... Using nunchucks in the kitchen, obviously, she was previously the most dangerous woman on television. Yes, yeah. On yeah. her cooking show, Cooking with Nana. Yeah. And nunchucks. Yeah. Cooking with Nana chucks. <laughs> Sorry, mispronounced that. Yeah, you started, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that happens, you're nervous. I, I know, I'm nervous. Talking about my idol, Nana. Chucks. Nana, Nana. None other. <laughs> other than Nana chucks. <laughs> that's a great. So talking of rap names, Nana chucks. Oh, yeah, copyright. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> I didn't. I, f- I didn't realize you were a lawyer, Jess. Yeah, I'm a lawyer. Wow. Just, how did you not know so that about we've got me? A scientist, yeah, I don't know. We've got a lawyer. This show. Go away, kooky. Wow. <laughs> we're the modern day band that sang YMCA. <laughs> Village people. Village people. Yeah. <laughs> they had the lawyer. They had the, the scientist. The, the scientist. The civil servant. The teacher. The teacher. Yeah. The garbage the truck driver. Gas station attendant. Yeah. The band really grew. It was a big band. The Nunachuck. The Nunachuck. Oh, the Nunachuck was, that's where yeah. she was from. That's where she started. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She was the why. <laughs> really? <laughs> why? People often ask that. Why? <laughs> Who brought the why to this? Nunachuck, why? And she would answer in Albanian. Mm. Mm. Si, senor. <laughs> so such, close. such a linguist. So it's beautiful, isn't it? Wow. So Nana was a really big part of the Belushi kids' lives and throughout his life, John always called, he would say that Nana was the soul of the family. She was, all the kids are very close to her. Um, John's brother Jim, Belushi. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Is that an Albanian tradition? Yeah, to retain the surname. Naming your brother after your surname? Um, I think so. Yeah, right. I think it's the Albanians that started it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He said Nana was like their mother figure and she was the heart of the family. Oh, Nana mother. So she was the soul moments ago. Now she's the heart. She's everything. Nana oh. mother was very good. <laughs> yeah. They needed her to live. Soul, heart. She Nana was their breathing apparatus. <laughs> Lungs. Took it hard. They found it hard to take an oxygen without Nana. <laughs> he said if it wasn't for Nana, we'd be in jail today. 
Wow. I don't know if that's... Well, actually, she also broke them out of jail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, I thought she was their defense nunchuck. attorney. <laughs> and broke yeah. them out. She <laughs> got them on both ends. It wasn't yeah. for Nana. They were already going to let them out, but she's like, I got this. I would have got 25 to life for importing that heroin, but Nana got me off. Yeah. <laughs> she took the fall for me. Spent a long, long time in prison. Thanks, Nana. <laughs> what an angel. What an angel. Um, she didn't speak English. So this was... Very hard to defend someone in court without speaking English. <laughs> yeah, but she was so endearing. Oh, like, nah, yeah. I she, think she's Her right. body language was so She did good. a lot of shrugging like, Gamma! <laughs> it's the only phrase she knew in <laughs> English. Gamma! And the witnesses would crack under pressure. <laughs> All right, fine. It wasn't him. He didn't do it. Gamma! Mm. Yeah. And then they'd hand over their wallets. <laughs> She was also robbing them. I don't know why. She uh, did it all. That's why. Yeah. Not a chuck. Not a chuck. She didn't speak English. So this was where John's physical performance began because he sort of needed to communicate with her non-verbally. See, she's doing that in court. She's picking that up in court. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. So he, um, he, yeah, his ability to communicate non-verbally, he was very expressive. He could make up languages or like, you know, you know when people not make up languages, <laughs> like, oh, I've invented this now. It's easier to make up a new language than learn Albanian. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know how some people like try to, Dave, try to speak other languages or try to sound like they're speaking other languages and it's not very convincing at all and other people. I don't know that, but yes. <laughs> bom, bom. Um, very convincing. Very convincing. This is where he sort of came from uh, entertaining his grandmother when he was a kid and his brother Jim, Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to keep track. It's the same way that, um, is there a, a relation there or is it just a weird coincidence? My friend and comedian Pete Jones does that and that's why it make, always makes me laugh. He'll always be like, yes, I was talking to Dave Warnicky. Uh, and who says this? Pete Jones. Sort of, Pete uh, Jones. Jones, thank you. Sort of how you – it's like your name dropping but – it's like it's very uh, obvious. I'm speaking to uh, Michael Perkins, <laughs> my brother. Um, anyway, so oh, he, you guys are Albanian? Yeah, 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 yeah. Big time. Naming, tra- naming tradition checks out. Big Albanians. Really. Um, so Jim remembers uh, Belushi remembers being <laughs> upset at his parents one time. Well, like so, sure, according to Jim, anyway. <laughs> Sitcom he had. <laughs> That's Jim Belushi. Yeah, it's Jim Belushi. Wow. Yep. So according to him, he was upset at his parents one time when he was a kid and John turned to his younger brother and said, Mum and Dad are irresponsible parents. Just eat and sleep here. Go out for everything else. So, yeah, relationship with their parents I think was like fine, but their parents were absent. So um, they kind of, they were quite independent kids. And John, uh, sort of, school became like a second home for him. So he attended Wheaton Community High School. Um, he was a bit of a jack of all trades. He was an all-state linebacker. He stole the stage in school plays and debating tournaments, and he played in a band. So he was kind of... That's the big three. Yeah. He's doing all three. Drama, music, and sport. Yeah. What else is there? Uh, spelling bees. Fuck Oh, off. that's true. I was thinking in, like, in terms of um, American college... Yeah, Cliches. Usually, usually you're into one, though. Yeah. Aren't you? Spelling bees, a cappella. Oh, that's true. Bring it on. No, wait. That's cheerleading. Pitch perfect. Pitch perfect yeah. Science club. Cheerleading. Um. And he did all these. <laughs> yeah. Wow. College parties. Oh, keggers. Keggers. To- toga. toga. Toga parties. Animal house style. Correct. He did it all. <laughs> he did it all. American listeners, are we nailing your lives? 
your, your college experience? Oh, That's, sorry. I mean, sorry. You, they say kegger. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been like, what, what, what are they say? talking about? Kegger. I mean, it's obviously our college experience is very, very similar. Oh, yes. Oh, toga. Party. The toga parties I went to. Yeah. I, I went- definitely I slept in beds with sheets. Yeah. At uni, so I sim you know, a couple of steps you know away what? from a toga party. I still do. What? Yeah, I'm crazy. You are living like a kid the rest of your life. Yeah, I don't want to grow up. Do you have a, do you have a top sheet? Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I find it very it traps my feet. <laughs> which I don't like. I don't like being um trapped, Jess, which is why I've launched a product. <laughs> If I could no! segue into this now, uh, called the uh, some of you may have seen online. I've uh, a couple of weeks ago on the Lego website we talked about uh, gloveless fingers, the product where you uh, you want warm fingers but to keep your palms nice and cool. So I've launched a possible crowdfunding campaign, which is going crazy. Matt, Matt said it wouldn't even get twenty dollars, and it is at a hundred and no, I said it shouldn't get even twenty dollars. I said you should not be using our joint account or our podcast right now to be advertising this bullshit. But as I understand it. It has to be. It's all or nothing. It's right? all or nothing. I have to raise ten thousand dollars to launch this product. <laughs> I've got a hundred Aussie dollars, so that's like four dollars fifty in the US. And it's like one hundred and twenty-one dollars I've raised so far from thirteen people. So if you're interested in making this happen, anyone who who pledges ten dollars, we will send you a demo pair of gloveless fingers, palm coolers. But I do go on. It's when you say we, Dave, yeah, Can uh, we'll you rope specify? you in. We'll rope you in. No, I'm not helping with this. And uh, we'll also send you a certificate of authenticity. You will. <laughs> authenticity. Yes. It's misspelled, so illegally it's not a bunny dog. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm confident that this is not going to be a concern of ours. Well, at, uh, But someone did suggest, I did enjoy this. Left. I think I saw on Twitter or somewhere someone suggested that um, maybe you should look at marketing towards the hip-hop community because... Um, they do have issues with getting their palms a sweaty. Yeah, yeah, I did read that. That was good. Someone also suggested that it could go to uh, high school students if you want them to keep their hands off their phones. Right. Their fingers will be restricted. Um, but they'll be able to grip a pen and I would with just, their palm. I would just like to say to the people who have tweeted to us or commented on Facebook saying, um, guys, I, I think this is already a thing, um, you are missing a lot. <laughs> Wait, what are you? It is not a thing because I've decided to call it gloveless fingers, palm coolers. That's yeah. the difference there. That's yeah. the difference. But I do go on. No one has ever created a product called palm cooler. Yeah. Were you doing um, Napoleon Dynamite's cousin's voice there? No, Matt. That's just how I speak. <laughs> is that okay? Um. Um, guys. Anyway, the possibles link below. Sorry, just do go on. I'm not putting the link in. Okay, so <laughs> just Google it, guys. Come on, please. I need this. I need this real. He bad. does not need it. This is my chance to be an entrepreneur, a bit of a startup. This is my startup. I need some. Think capital. of a better thing. Okay, yeah, well, I can't. This is the best I've got. Well, that's very sad. All right, pledge. We just need another nine thousand nine hundred. Now back to an actually talented person, John Belushi. That that felt like a dig at you, Dave. I don't know how. That I don't was, know how that could be. Did he invent? How many products did he invent in his life? Well, let's find out. Mm. Can I go on and we'll find out? Okay. Thank you. Uh, in his senior year of high school, he met Judy Jacqueline. How good is that? That's name? a great name. JJ. JJ. Judy mm. Jack. Um, Judy and John started dating, and Judy recalls that John was kind and funny, but also a little shy, and could take a while to warm to new people or new situations. Um, he didn't want to follow in his father's footsteps and join the family restaurant business, which is such a like Hollywood cliche, like as in in movies, right? You know, I don't want to follow in dad's footsteps. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to take up the nunchucks. Yeah, 
He wasn't interested. Mm. Nobody could use those nunchucks like Nana could. Mm. Nana Chuck. Nana could. Nana could. Nana could. Nana would. Nana will. Nana should. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very dangerous profession. Yeah. And he just didn't feel equipped for it. How many chucks could a wood nana chuck if a wood nana <laughs> could chuck a wood? Is that what I asked at the start? In a, in a roundabout way, yeah. sure. You were on topic. <laughs> um, he had dreams of moving away from home and pursuing a career as an actor. And when he finished high school, he went to the Summerstock Theatre in Indiana, which was his first real job as an actor. It's not far from Gary, mm. Indiana. In case you're wondering which Gary. I'm wearing a Gary jumper today. You guys notice that? I did not notice. I never look at you. Wow. <laughs> what are they, the great Gary Steelheads? Oh, that's a now defunct team, isn't it? Yeah. Jeez, they had a great little run for How much did that jumper cost you? I think it was $30, $40 what? postage. $40 postage? Something like that. $40 postage. Oh, my God, if these gloves are going to be ruined, <laughs> the postage alone, stop pledging people. <laughs> oh, my God, $40. <laughs> oh, I think most of the people that are pledged are in the US. Cross, I thought it would be like $2 to send a glove. <laughs> wow. Uh, cancel. Cancel now. <laughs> that is terrifying. <laughs> oh, that would be so funny. Dave makes a huge. Dave <laughs> goes bankrupt. I raised ten thousand dollars for a, okay. a made-up product, and then Sorry. I lose money. I'm back on board now. Everybody, please <laughs> no. pledge. Oh, I, I don't need this. Give anything you can. Share it around. Get your friends and family. Anything that we can put in. <laughs> I'll chuck in most of my life savings. Oh, well, Jess, well, I can give them to you. I won't have to mail to you. Thank God. No, no, no. I need the mail to my US address, please. <laughs> I don't think the gloves will cost as much to mail as, as this sick hoodie. I really hope not. $40. I think it'll cost about the same. So everybody, please pledge. We need to reach our goal of $10,000. Oh. Now I'm torn because I, I don't want to encourage him on this. I want him to go broke, though. Why? Because <laughs> it's funny. Oh, no. I mean, you've grown up in such affluence, Dave. Yeah. And I've never known what it's like. Maybe now's the time to learn. I've never known what it's like to have a dream and then have that dream lose you tens of thousands of dollars. So everybody, please <laughs> pledge. Anyway, so John is working um, and performing at this theatre in Indiana, but this was the late 60s. The Vietnam War was escalating John wasn't interested in being drafted to the war, so he enrolled in college, college, college to avoid having to go to war. Um, he enrolled in the University of Wisconsin, but only lasted there for a year. Um, and after he left the University of Wisconsin, he returned to Wheaton to attend a small community college, College of DuPage. <laughs> Fun fact, the mascot of College of DuPage is the chaparral, which is a small bird, also known as the roadrunner. Ah. <gasps> Oh. If he catches you, you threw. Me, me. Me, me. Yeah. So, uh, one evening in the summer of 1967, John's high school drama teacher took John and Judy to a Second City show. Second City being an improv comedy troupe. In Chicago. Because it's the second biggest city in America. Hmm. Is that right, Dave? I think that's why it's called Second City. Is it? Well, maybe not. The way you asked that has cast doubt. Don't look it up. Let well, him let him sit up. and be wrong. So for anybody right. who's not 
aware of Second City. It's an improv comedy troupe, um, which has been a starting point for comedians and actors like Alan Older, Joan Rivers, Bill Murray, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Steve Carell, Stephen Colbert, so many more. It's completely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and Judy recalls as they left that night, John said, that's what I want to do. Like wow. it was a huge moment for him seeing Second City and, and going like, yep, that's that's what I want to do. That's sick. Yeah, isn't that cool? How yeah. old's he at this stage? Uh, just just finished it? high school. Yeah, right. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, and I don't think many people really, I mean, I'm sure we all kind of have memories of moments where we were like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we don't. Well, the moment where you go, that's when I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a bunch of vague ones. I know Josh Earl says, uh, who who's on a podcast in this network called mm. Don't You Know Who I Am, which we've all done an episode of recently, if you want to check that out, really funny show. Great show. But he said that um, he remembers when uh, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Roadshow came through uh, Tasmania. He went and saw the show and the lineup was like ridiculous. I can't remember, who, but it was something like Will Anderson, Dave Hughes, Tripod and wow. um, Corinne Grant or something like that. And maybe Pete Hellier. It was some sort of... Hectic lineup, huge, and he—that was the day he decided he was going to do comedy. That's cool. I've got one. Yeah, I used to play in bands, and then I wasn't in a band anymore, so I had to go solo. So I started doing—I was doing those um, freezer gigs, which are like underage, no alcohol, drug and alcohol-free events. The drug and alcohol is not free at these events. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's just you know. Then why go? Fourteen to <laughs> seventeen-year-olds basically going there, and uh, I did a gig one night, and my songs weren't very good because I'm not a great singer but i i did uh some Im- improv jokes in between the songs and that probably got a better reaction than the actual songs and then when i went home that night there were abc were airing raw comedy from that year and one of the acts was smart casual ah. who were a sydney double act and they did were they the ones who did the hawk yeah that was that song the hawk so, i've had that in my head this weekend so the so hawk. funny and they combined hawk hands who's gonna push the hawk <laughs> Have you seen oh, it, it's Jen? a great no. tune. It's so, and um, they combine comedy and music, and I thought, huh, I didn't know you could do that. And that's that was one of those moments for me. Did you start as a musical act? Yeah, yeah. I did that's not comedy know that. songs first. Yeah, basically just music underneath the jokes kind of thing. Yeah, isn't that, but that's yeah. one of those moments. So I came home, it just happened to be that I had just done a gig and thought, oh, the, me talking went better than the songs. And then that came on. I was like, oh. That's an option. I would always leave stand-up shows or tripod shows especially going, I like, I want to do that. I want to do that so badly and then just never backed myself to do it. And then here we are. Fuck. <laughs> what am I doing? Anyway, <laughs> back to Belushi. Um, so he started his own comedy troupe in Chicago. They went by the West Compass Trio. Um uh, that was with uh, Tino Insana and a guy called Steve Bashekis. Uh Their success piqued the interest of uh, Bernie Salins. I'm probably saying it wrong. I'm so sorry. He was a founder of Second City um, and he, he went to see them perform in 1971 and immediately asked Belushi to come on audition. So he joined the cast at Second City, um, which was pretty cool. Although he was, he was young and he was untrained, his scruffy, edgy and physical style stood out and his energy and fearlessness made him a crowd favourite. Everybody, like very quickly, people were like, this guy's going to be huge. Cool. Um, Second City would hone John's skills and he in turn would help push the company further because it brought more people in um, and they, everything started to 
to really get moving, which was cool. Um, John and Judy moved into a small apartment together in Chicago, a block away from Second City. And at Second City, he met and began working with uh, a couple of small names, um, Harold Ramis and Brian Doyle Murray. Oh. Brian Doyle Murray. Oh, you didn't know he's related. <laughs> I didn't know he's Bill Murray's older brother. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a powerful family, the Murrays. I mean, they're in bloody Groundhog Day together. Yes. Isn't that nice? Isn't that, there's another Murray that, is there another acting Murray? I'm looking at Dave like he would have any idea. That is related or it's just a name? That is related. Oh, yeah. Is there another human who acts who's named Murray? Yeah, Murray the Red Wiggle. Oh, that's right. That's what I was thinking <laughs> of. you think you're? Better than Stinky Greg. Fuck off, Greg. Fuck off, Greg. <laughs> Everybody's happy. Fuck off, Greg. We're happy when you're not here. Oh. Brutal. Are you looking up Murray's now? Bill Murray Brothers, Joel Murray, John Murray, Edward Murray the Third. Wow, I don't know if a lot of them. I don't know if these are Brian Doyle Murray. Oh yeah, Joel Murray's he's an actor. Isn't that John's no Bill's He's from the one I was thinking of already. Nephew? Brother? Uh, he's not. Guy. Yeah, Bill Murray's brother. No shit. What's he in? I know his face. You're going to say one thing and I'll be like, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, it's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He was, I think he's just one of those guys he is in a lot of things. Uh, he was basketball player in The Cable Guy. He was Val's date in The Nanny. Remember Val? I think I actually remember him from The Nanny. Right. He was Bob, uncredited in the Drew Carey show. Great. Okay. All right, cool. He was Larry and Malcolm in the Middle. So now that um, we're looking at pictures of actors uh, that aren't yeah. related, I might just... He was Gringo and Mr. Pig. <laughs> He's had an illustrious career of his own. Um, in 1972, Belushi was offered a role in National Lampoon's Lemmings, which was a parody of Woodstock which was going to play off-Broadway that year, 1972. So Chevy Chase is also involved, um, and the performers were playing the characters of rock stars, so they had to be funny but also musically talented. And it's still a live show at this time. It's a live show. Cool. Um, uh, The show was a bigger success than anyone had anticipated. It ended up touring. It was supposed to just be like a fairly short run off-Broadway. It ended up touring all over the country. They did like 350 performances. Whoa. Belushi. Whoa. Whoa. Um, Belushi played the character of the MC and also did an impression of Joe Cocker. Oh, yeah. I can imagine he'd do a good Cocker. Did a great Cocker. <laughs> what, Dave? I'm just imagining his great impression. Yeah, it is, would be funny, of wouldn't the, it? Of the Cocker. Yeah, Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker. The musician. Yes. Yeah, see, I couldn't do it. It's all oh, in the yeah. hands, I reckon. What would you do here, I think? Gravel, gravel. How did you? There it is. Well, you ran up and walk out on. That was pretty good. Better than we all expected. Even yourself. Yeah. See, sometimes you can surprise yourselves. Um, and Mia. <laughs> back yourself. <laughs> okay. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, heavens. <laughs> now you're just faking it. <laughs> Is this Joe Cocker with a cold? Yeah. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> I'm very perceptive. (laughs) 
After the success of Lemmings, John was invited to be involved in the National Lampoon Radio Hour, which is a half-hour syndicated comedy program. After around four months of writing and contributing, the show needed a creative director, and John stepped into the role. His first order of business in his John... new role, Belushi. Oh. <laughs> Any relation to Jim? Yeah, old brother. <laughs> his first order of business was hiring all of his friends. <laughs> What guy? It's like when a baby gets in charge. Everyone, Fruit Loops for dinner. Which I hope if either of you ever get a decent job. <laughs> Jess, you're the one who's going to get a decent job and get us cushy jobs. The fuck? You're the one. I I've hired you-, you at least on a, two occasions. Okay. Not enough. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Very. Ha- but? But it was it wasn't- two days of work, not a, not a career changing. Not a lifetime. Okay. Dave, what the fuck have you done for us? Well, we asked you to be on this podcast. That was a pretty good... Okay, so you did one nice thing three years ago. <laughs> no, sorry. I'm, I'm trying to think of a... Grow up, Dave. <laughs> Dave. I'm in the past. <laughs> Move I on. I want a long-term, successful career where I get to be famous. All right. Um, I'm not is that, asking, is that too much to ask? No, it's too much. Dave, is it isn't too much. And only famous. could be for any reason. Right. It could be like a, a thing that makes her seem... Awful. That's infamous. Infamous. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to be infamous. Okay, right. sorry. I'm positively be... famous. Positively. And rich. Oh, hang on. This oh, is too much. Get a pen. <laughs> yeah. I'll take notes. What are you going to, yeah, remember this, Dave? Yes. Come on, mate. No, I probably won't. So he's hired all his friends. Something that, but that totally makes, would do. But it totally is what of you would do. Of course it does. Because his, they're his friends because he finds them all funny and talented, I and they, And they're not just like friends from primary school. They're yeah. like people yeah. that he's worked with. It's not like he's like, oh, I need an accountant. Jack, you can do it. It's like, I'm Jack's not like, an accountant. Just Jack, I'm giving you a job, mate. Get, get in the I chair. Don't, I don't want the get job. Get in the accountant chair. But I'm a very successful lawyer. I drive. Well, you're crunching numbers now. I could be your lawyer. Nope, I've got a lawyer. That's Gary. The dog. He's the accountant. (laughs) One of my job, my dog to have a job, so he can come with me to work. He's a good boy. He's a good lawyer. Um, Who's a good lawyer? (laughs) So he's casting his friends. This is Gilda Radner, Brian Doyle Murray, and his younger brother Bill Murray. (laughs) (laughs) He also cast his new friend Dan Aykroyd, who he'd met on a. Trip, I wrote triple on a trip to Toronto to check out the local Second City cast in 1974. Um, John took his job very seriously, and although his comedy was wild, his work ethic was professional and focused. Oh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, growing, getting bigger, it all means the same thing. Squarespace (laughs) makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And if you're worried about like, well, I don't know how to write stuff for a website and make myself look good, 
Well, you can get help with the written content for your website with Squarespace AI. You can generate instant personalized results that highlight your brand identity. You can explain what your site's about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and bang, you got some short and long form text, baby. So Squarespace AI makes it easy to go live, stand out, and succeed online. I'm so glad you had that bit because I thought it was pronounced Squarespace AI. (laughs) Anyway, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download. I don't know if I'm hitting all these words as <laughs> intended, like PDFs, music, or ebooks. I would love to buy Matt's ebook. I'd like to buy Matt's course, and you you can do that. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Be more like Matt. Oh, 101. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How many? One, does it go to 102? It goes all the way to 102. <laughs> wow. You can customise everything with next generation editing technology. You can create engaging lessons your audience will love and then set the price. You can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Matt, how much is it to be more like Matt 101? Oh, three mil. Wow. wow. Like per month or? Yeah, USD. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash do go on. Right. Okay. So the Belouche. Ah, uh, the Belouche. The Belouche. John. John. Uh, oh, John. Okay. Hired all his friends. He's working really hard. In the summer of 1975, a brand new comedy series was being assembled. Most of National Lampoon's crew was being hired for the new show, with one exception. Ooh. Everyone around the project and the comedy scene was saying that John should be a part of the show, but the creator, a guy called Lorne Michaels, <gasps> wasn't so sure about Belushi. He'd heard maybe he'd be, uh, he'd be a bit hard to handle. Uh, Lorne eventually agreed to meet with Belushi. John. He was a hard worker. Yeah. Um, he agreed to meet with him, but the meeting was a complete disaster. <laughs> apparently, Belushi apparent, uh, apparently, <laughs> allegedly, talked on and on and on about his hatred for TV. <laughs> In an interview. About being on a TV show. Yeah. That's great fun. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that, I love that he could come back from that somehow. That's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> He's so dangerous because he just bags out the form on TV. Stop watching. It sucks. <laughs> Yuck. Um, Advertisers don't like that. He don't he genuinely did have a distaste for TV. He he hated it. But Judy says she knows John really did want to be part of the show because he knew that this show was going to be something different. And with a lot of prompting from others, Lorne agreed to give John another chance. And John <laughs> came prepared with a new character. Ooh. A guy that loves TV. <laughs> he walks in. Apparently John had been quite taken with the Japanese film festival that had been on TV and he'd been studying the actors. Okay. He pulled his shoulder-length hair back up into a high bun, put on a bathrobe and got a long uh, sword-like stick and turned up at the office. And he was there in character and after several hours he was escorted into the meeting room with Lorne Michaels and some of the other Several writers. Several hours. Several hours of like. <laughs> In so character. One of the writers was like, the, 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 people kept telling us like there's this crazy man in the in the lobby waving a stick around. <laughs> like they all thought they were in danger. I love they didn't escort him from the premises. They escorted him into, into the meeting. Into a meeting room. <laughs> so you you're going to have to come like, this way. I, it's a no for, you know. Yeah, you'd just be like, like, please go. Um, 
So they bring him in, he's doing this character, and then instead of using the stick he was holding as a sword, he started pretending to play pool with it and was all funny and sweet and clever and Lorne Michaels was like, oh, great, and what? And invited him to come and do a screen test. This was in, like in some sort of boardroom, I'm imagining? Yeah. <laughs> How strange is that? But apparently quite endearing. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it feels like... Our instinct was obviously wrong. Uh, I'm not sure that it was. Um, you think telling... I'll talk more about that character later. Oh, no, the character being wrong, but us like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, pool players. Yeah. Ugh. The worst um, form of comedy, pool, pool comedy. Yeah, obviously, I mean, we weren't there, and he was hired, so obviously he was... It was a different Because he's very physical as well. Back then, you were allowed to be pretty fucked. Yeah, and he went on to do that a lot. Um, really? Yes. So when Saturday Night Live first aired, after all of this drama, right, when the show first goes to air, first character in the first scene was John Belushi. So uh, wow. he his talent was undeniable. Everybody loved him, but he was a real perfectionist. He could be very abrasive and a real handful when he felt the show wasn't living up to its full potential. Um, he'd be very vocal about what he saw to be second-rate creative choices. It almost feels like in reading or, or, or hearing a lot about him, it's almost like he's a bit of a control freak. Like in times when he's in control of things, it feels like things are a bit smoother. But when he has to sort of take it, like he's cast rather than the writers, he doesn't deal as well. Right. Um, he displayed a great deal of dissatisfaction with the women writers, okay. um, often refusing to be in sketches they had written. Oh, my God. Right. Um, according to Jane Curtin, who was uh, one of the first in SNL as well with him, um, she said this in 2011. She said he was a misogynist who deliberately sabotaged the work of women writers and comics while working on SNL. Um, she said, this is a quote from her, she said, so you'd go to a table read and if a woman writer had written a piece for John, he wouldn't read it in his full voice. He felt as though it was his duty to sabotage pieces written by women. What? How is that a duty? What the fuck? Yeah, what a good duty. Yeah, bit bit strange. However, as if this makes it better, someone in a documentary I watched said that he remembered seeing John with candy and chocolates and flowers for the people he'd pissed off the day before. So all is forgiven. Oh. Yay! So he seems like a real handful to work with, and that's um a, a recurring theme. Sounds like a bit of a fuckhead. Yeah. He was, yeah. Wow. What a dick. He was really, really focused on his career and being a star. He wanted to be. He wanted to be a star, so he, and to push women down to get there. To get there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, he saw SNL as his chance to to make it happen. You know, right? It was his it was his big shot. He was frustrated and very jealous of the attention that Chevy Chase received because Chevy Chase was seen to be like he was like the good looking one. He was a massive stud. Yeah, Have you seen really? I don't Chevy really back then? Young Chevy. If you just think of community Chevy, probably harder to picture. But yeah. he yeah. was a real young Chevy, like Caddyshack and yeah. SNL and oh, yeah. Fletch. Yeah, very like very marketable. Like he was very TV or film. You know, like it was like he could, he had the looks to to go on from things. He wasn't just talented. He had the look. He's very funny, though. Yeah. I always found, oh, of course. When I was a kid, I found him funny. I haven't seen those movies in a long time. Yeah, I don't know how well they age. Caddyshack I've seen not too long ago, and that was that's still really funny. Um, Somebody mm. mentioned as well, maybe it was Dan Aykroyd. I don't know. Somebody mentioned that, like, 
Chevy was one of few people in SNL who would like use his own name, would identify himself. Like he'd say, hi, I'm Chevy Chase. In some of like weekend update and stuff like that, he would say his name. So people got to know his name a bit better. Right. Otherwise, they're all playing characters, so you don't necessarily get to know their names. Um, it's not quite like now when you've got social media and you can follow all of them and you know what everyone's doing. But Shit, they say Chevy's a bit of a a bit of an a hole as well. Isn't right? he, yeah, he, he's oh, yeah. notoriously hard to deal with, isn't he? Yeah. Work with. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I don't know anything specific. I just I've heard that vaguely yeah. a, a bunch of times. I also have that perception, but I don't know exactly where from. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. I've always found that okay. disappointing, but it's like I, it just seems like a lot of people who are like uber successful and aren't very good people. Yeah. But maybe that's unfair. Oh, I don't know. Because what you probably don't hear about is when they're not assholes; they're just normal people. The Hugh Jackmans of the world. Yeah. <laughs> let's hope that I you mean, never hear about him. No, let's being hope we an never asshole. hear anything bad about him. Oh my god! I don't <coughs> want. I don't want to know. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> not our Hugh. Um, in a show like SNL, though, you couldn't you couldn't wait around for your chance. You had to make your own luck and put yourself out there. So John recreated his character that he'd brought with him to the office that fateful day and created a uh, a samurai character. And the fun part about this is the samurai... Played pool. ...ran (laughs) a deli. Oh, so he used a samurai sword to cut up the meats. Yeah. Very clever. He's got that from his nana, nunchucks. (laughs) Hey, weapons in the kitchen. Yeah, not a chuck. Exactly, that's what I. That yes, makes see? a lot of sense. Yeah, it was that sizzle earlier. Right. They say the best yep. comedy is based on some form of reality. Yes, I no. like how he changed it from nunchucks to swords. Yeah, just to mix it up a bit. Mm. And apparently, this was very. Apparently, funny. that was to get away from the copyright uh, law that uh, Nana had put onto him because she was also a copyright lawyer. Obviously, she said, "If you use nunchucks in your comedy." She it's, said this in Albania. It's, yeah. she, it's on. No, she said that with a, a shrug. Come on. Non-verbal communication. <laughs> she said, hey, come on. Is yeah. that, was, was that her yeah, phrase? Just, and he understood, obviously. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, similar to I am Groot. Yeah, exactly. Hey, come on. Come on. Um, now, this went down really well. Apparently it was very funny. I personally don't think it's aged all that well. Have you, you've right. watched this sketch? Yeah, I've watched, I've watched a bit of it and you're like, uh-huh. There was one funny part that I thought was kind of clever. So the whole time he's just using a samurai sword, like throwing a tomato up in the air and like cutting it and just smashing it salami while he screams in a in a non-language. It's the fruit ninja over the 70s. It's the fruit ninja of the 70s. And then there's one part at the very end where he's made the sandwich and the guy says, oh, could I trouble you to cut that in half? And he like pulls out the sword like, ah, and then like very gently cuts it in half. It's like, okay, yeah, that's... Um, Classic. Uh, that was the only good bit. Oh. Mm. Come, yeah. I so finished strong. Ske- sketches, like, rarely do they age that well, I yeah. think. Yeah. I think, and often, you know, they're classically hit and miss. He also, A sketch show, right? He also, That's the thing they say about sketches. Yeah. Hit and miss. They're always a bit hit and miss, a sketch show. Hmm. Yeah, I've never loved Saturday Night Live, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I think they're, like, their highlight packages are, are really good, but I think they do they do long sketches, yeah, often with watch it night small night. ideas that go on maybe too long. Yeah, but I don't know. But it also is an hour show, and they have to come up with an hour of new sketch every week. Yeah, that's pretty full on. So it probably means that some ideas are going to be stretched more than they would otherwise. I don't know. For example, a samurai who owns a deli. 
I love it. That's yeah. He played a, a series of successful characters over his four years at SNL. Do they all own delis. No, there is a Greek owner of a cap of a, like a diner. That one's fun too. Diner slash deli. Uh, yeah. So he's um uh he he was becoming a real crowd favorite. He was um very very popular. SNL was incredibly popular all over the country. The cast were like instant celebrities. He was huge. He was making friends with the Hollywood elite. Um, the Rolling Stones were good friends of his, and he uh. and Keith Richards would just hang out in Belushi's basement. Just hang out. Wow. Put that on the CV. That's Keith pretty. Richards hangs out in my basement. No big deal. Uh, John was quite impulsive on and off stage, and he was – this is one of my favourite stories. He was known to turn up at friends' houses and start making spaghetti <laughs> at 3 Albanian o'clock in the morning. <laughs> really? Without them knowing? Yeah, just sort of let himself in. Right. But this is – he must have been so fucking charming because those friends telling these stories are like, but, hey, that was John. I was like, if if I have a friend who lets himself into my house and starts cooking at 3 a.m., I'm going to be like, classic Matt. I'm going to be like, get the fuck out of my house. I'm going to call the police, Matt. Yeah, what are you doing? Get your shit together. That's my spaghetti. I'm charming. Not that charming, mate. That's what I would say. 3 p.m., come on in. Let yourself in at 3 p.m. No problem. 3 a.m., that's sleepy time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many times that's the time when sleepy time is and isn't. Yeah, 3 It's like a. the man doesn't know when to sleep. That's, um, I do, if I'm home late, uh, I will I will make spaghetti. So I, there's a little Belushi in me. Do you reckon? Yeah. What kind of spaghetti, like what, what, spaghetti is the pasta. Yeah. What are you putting on it? Nothing. Uh, no, I like, well, just a basic sort of tomato, uh, Napolitana kind of sauce. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. You know, maybe, a, maybe a little oregano. Get um, a little basil. Maybe a little basil. Maybe parmesan. Yeah. Uh, maybe some parmesan, yeah. A little um, bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. Look, I won't say no. <laughs> so sales. I'll say yes. Yeah, okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, good for you. Great. 3 a.m. is not spaghetti time in my world. What's 3 a.m. for you? Sleepy time. Mm. Here we go. See, Same. Dave gets it. I get it. Dave gets the it. The East and the West, we do things very differently. <laughs> Except once a week when I work, 1 a.m. to 6 a.m., which time is definitely not sleepy time. But you do not eat spaghetti at 3 a.m.? I do not. I eat shapes and right. often gingerbread. <laughs> yeah, I'm adorable. Um, okay. So John was already an intense, over-the-top personality, but when he began experimenting heavily with drugs, I don't know how you experiment heavily. Yeah, experiment makes it sound like dabbling. Yeah, he was quite into he drugs. Dabbled. I guess he, but he's experimenting heavily, like trying lots of different things, I guess. Yeah, but... Uh, but different potions. Yeah, and not just little bits of them, though. Yeah. Uh, so New York basically became a 24-hour party. That was him. He made it the Big Apple. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Sue never sleeps because of John Belushi. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, but you didn't know that. What an origin story. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, by the way, just so we don't get many tweets, LA is the second largest city, but Chicago back in the day used to be seen as the one that rivaled right. New York. So that's and why that's why I was cool. But this is something we said twenty minutes ago, so they have already tweeted at us. I know. I just wanted to try and now say that, otherwise we, your tweets. We would have yeah, delete them. Delete that tweet, Kenny. Delete it. Yeah, Kenny. Kenny, come God, on, mate. It'd be so weird if someone called Kenny had just tweeted. <laughs> it'd be so weird if someone was called Kenny. <laughs> yeah. There okay. Gotcha. Um, he was unpredictable. He had a temper, 
and this caused him to be fired and immediately rehired <laughs> by Lorne Michaels a number of times. Immediately rehired, you're fired. And you're hired. New Boom. contract, here it is. That's yeah. not quite immediately, Dave. Would have been, and you're fired, you're hired. And the, fired, hired. In, fired, the, hired. in the new what contract, order? he's got a higher pay rate, so he never yeah. learns. <laughs> he just got a raise. That's how Lorne Michaels gives people raises. Mm, I like fired, it. hired. You're fired, hired. What? It's kind of like in... Um, Four weddings and a funeral when uh, Hugh Grant says, and how's that girlfriend of yours? He goes, oh, she's no longer my girlfriend. And then Hugh Grant's like, oh, well, don't worry. I hear she was always sleeping with someone else. It's like, she's now my, <laughs> my wife. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Okay, so he was constantly pushing the limit, um, and but he was somehow kind of maintaining a manic pace for a while. Like it was just go, 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 go all the time. One time he was found asleep in a friend's bed with a lit cigarette in his mouth and the mattress was smouldering. <laughs> He's like the worst friend in my And are people eyes. like recalling that? But that's John. That's John. <laughs> Judy, who'd been by his side since high school, couldn't keep up, didn't want to support his party lifestyle. She basically kicked him out of their house, said he had to find somewhere else to stay. So naturally, SNL couldn't help but have a little fun with this, and during their live show, they urged the public to write to adopt a Belushi for Christmas <laughs> so John could go and stay with them for Christmas. And then Jim turns up, you're like, fuck, oh, I gotta want Jim. Um, speaking of Jim, Belushi, <laughs> he remembers talking to his brother and how flippantly John was saying that their lives are different. Yeah, Judy and I split up, whatever. We're different now. About a month later, John and Judy were married. Uh, <laughs> we're different now. We're married. Yeah, it's different. We're split up because we're getting married. <laughs> Fire hired. Fire hired. See? You dumped you, my wife. <laughs> Here's a contract. You got a raise. What? What's going on? Uh, Matt. You may kiss the bride. Oh, that's why all these people are here. Lord Michael's officiating. Wow. Matt, if Dave looked me in the eye just then when he said, You dumped you, my wife. Yeah, that is legal. Fuck! Sorry, mate. I Dave's wife. Dave, divorce her. Look in her eyes. Divorce me. Annul it. You divorce. You remarried. She looked Matt. away. She did look away. I'm Matt. so sorry. You are both now divorcees. <laughs> oh. Ooh. I'm keeping the boat. We didn't have a boat. How did I, you buy a, a boat in that boat. split second? I had a secret boat. Can I play the piano? <laughs> well, I couldn't before. <laughs> That's vaguely relevant. <laughs> So they're married now, and Judy has been described as like a lion tamer to John. She understood him. She helped him. She helped sort of allow him to be what he needed to be. She waved maybe, chairs at his face. <laughs> he kind of contained him a little bit too. I don't know. He seems like the most exhausting person to be friends with, in a relationship with, around. Oh, just imagine trying to keep track of his movements and just, you know, you'd be wondering, he'd probably go out for days and he'd be like, is he all right? Yeah. That, is he just in a bed with a yeah. cigarette? That's the worst to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. You would kind time. of assume he's always all right, but yeah. yeah, he's one of those people you'd be like, I mean, I know he's fine because yeah. you'd 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 be out with him a couple of times, and that would give you an idea that he is always fine. And that is the thing; they all kind of had this feeling about him. He was just this indestructible person. He was just this party boy. Uh, yeah, insane. Um, by the end of the second season of SNL. He was a fully-fledged TV star. But pretty soon, as it always does, Hollywood came a-knockin'. <gasps> oh, who's that at the door? Hollywood! Sorry? Hollywood! I don't know who that is. I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> they, they send Mickey Mouse. <laughs> 
to uh, every Hollywood. Hollywood! <laughs> you just get less and less confident. Check the address. Check the fucking address next time. Uh, Hollywood? <laughs> Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> In 1978, he performed in a series of um, a few films. One was Old Boyfriends. There's also Going South, directed by Jack Nicholson. Oh, fuck, I should have said directed by Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> and Animal House, directed by John Landis. Um, upon its initial release, Animal House received generally mixed reviews from critics, um, but Time proclaimed it as one of the year's best. Belushi was completely The focused. concept of time. The concept of time, wow. said Animal House. Yeah, over time, people now look fondly mm. upon that. He was, uh, while they were filming, he was completely focused because he wanted to do well in film. What he always sort of was working towards was a career in film. So he was uh, he was clean. Because he hates TV. He hates TV, man. He said he spits on his TV yeah. in his meeting for a job on TV. Before he did his shit on Lawn Marcus' head. <laughs> Does he know that you can watch movies on TV? Yeah, TV's great. He's spitting on it's it. It's very versatile. Yeah. I'm a big fan if any TV big wigs out there want to give me a job. If there are any wigs, I don't care the size. Um, I'll take your Little job. wigs. <laughs> little wigs, give us the little gigs. Little yeah. wigs, little gigs. Yeah. Copyright. <laughs> if Lawn's listening. As he is. We're available. You but can, we're a you can hire deal. fire us anytime. We're a package deal. Fire hire. Don't hire fire. <laughs> you hide your fire. No, but if you close Ooh. your eyes. Yeah, that's true. You hide. Close your eyes. Just close them. You never look at Lawn in the eye and again. And then turn around and run. Because of my heavy biceps. <laughs> <laughs> Can't keep them open. I'm sorry, Lawn. So, yeah, he, he was a good boy. He was clean uh, and he was really focused. During the filming, actually, he was working two jobs. He was commuting between Oregon and the SNL studio in New York. Oregano, which I put on my pasta. Pat. Oh. Is that where it's from? Hmm? Is oregano from Oregon? No. Really? Oregano. It... <laughs> so is that quite a... Oh, fuck <laughs> off. Oh, it just took you a sec to get it. Yes, you are <laughs> lightning fast, and that was very funny. That was funny. I just wanted to point out, it's quite a long commute from Oregon yeah, huge. to New York. Huge. So Where's Oregon in the in? Oh, that's uh, is that on the west coast? Portland's on the west coast. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's he's working really hard. His character only had about fifty lines of dialogue, but he managed to steal the spotlight in the film with his facial expressions and his magnetism. All fifty lines were like grunts as he was hitting something with a sword. Line <laughs> <laughs> one, line two, he. <laughs> Oh. He was only he was the only one who was allowed to improvise. Everyone else was very tightly scripted. He was allowed to go a bit go a bit loosey goosey on it. Loosey goosey done Belushi. And he was saying, "I'm lightning fast. Oh. I'm just a good director." That's true, like John Landis. Um, the film did really well at the box office. It's one of apparently one of the most profitable movies of all time. Wow. Apparently. Wow. Maybe maybe then. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> a couple yeah. of the lines of his in the movie. <laughs> his most memorable lines. And now, John Belushi was a movie star. Yes. What movie were you talking about? Animal House. Yeah. Yeah, that's Toga, right? Yeah. Toga. Toga. Um, and Belushi. Toga. John. And uh, Dan Aykroyd uh, had been talking for years about starting a band. They debuted the Blues Brothers on SNL and were a hit with the audience. So, like, it was they were just like a. Uh, I think they originally did it as like audience warm up, 
and then eventually they they went on as like a musical guest. Um, and although they were like they were taking their music very seriously, it was still quite funny as well, and and the audience absolutely loved them. Steve Martin, who was at the peak of his stand up career at the time was a guest host that night and asked them to open for him at like a stadium because Steve Martin was doing like arenas. Yeah, he, he was, was a wild and crazy guy. He was insane. Have you read Born Standing Up? No, but I've seen the cover. Great. That's about all you need. Yeah. No, his story is amazing. Um, so he asked them to open for him. Should they, I read it? Yeah, it's really good. I should read it. It's one of those books that everyone's read but me. Maybe I'll get it on Audible. Yeah, Dave's just looking up to see if it is on Audible. Ideally with him. Yeah, baby. Better believe it, read by Steve Martin. Yes. Oh, man, that would be so good. Well, that is a book I'm going to get. I've read the book. With your eyes, like an idiot. And thoroughly enjoy it. I'm going to re-listen to it. Yeah. Steve Martin doing it. Yeah. Fuck that. Get him to do the hard work. That's cool. I know, but like, I just feel like you know, when you're reading someone's autobiography, it's so much better to hear it in their words. Yeah. I think Tina Fey narrates her own as well. I think you want to hear it in their words, well. yeah. Anyway. So they did so, despite some of the audience initially being quite sceptical. A lot of people were there sort of thinking like, hmm. Oh, at the Steve Martin opening. Yeah. It's always hard to open for another comedian when totally. people paid money to see a certain person. Especially a musical act and especially an act that people kind of see as like characters from another show. It's not really related. It would be hard. But they smashed it. I think they're kind of perfect because they're not, they're not trying to be particularly funny, right? And music yeah. already provides its own energy it's very different it's not like a someone doing steve martin worse than him yeah you know oh, i feel like it, yeah, it's make, completely different yeah but also like a great energy totally yeah and they and like belushi can sing and dan Aykroyd can really play the harmonica and their band were made up of these amazing musicians which i'm about to talk about so they actually did super super well so um with the help of pianist paul schaefer Wow, from the CBS Orchestra. <laughs> they started assembling uh, studio talents to form a proper band. So they got the SNL saxophonist Blue, Lou uh, Marini, and uh, trombonist saxophonist Tom Malone. Fucking great names. They also got uh, Steve Cropper, who was on guitar, and bassist Donald Dunn, who went by Duck, Donald Duck. Um, of course. And in 1978, the Blues Brothers released their debut album, Brief- Briefcase Full of Blues, with Atlantic Records. The album reached number one on the Billboard 200 and went double platinum. That's awesome. Two million copies. It exploded. It was so good. So in 1979, Belushi left Saturday Night Live. So did Aykroyd because they wanted to pursue a career in film. So how many years do you reckon they'd done? They did four. Four se- seasons, right. Yeah. Um, they made three, three movies together, 1941, which was directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, Neighbours, and most notably, The Blues Brothers, which, again, was directed by John Landis. It's a great movie. It really is. Um, released in the US on the 20th of June, 1980, The Blues Brothers received generally positive reviews. It earned just under $5 million in its opening weekend and went on to gross $115.2 million in theatres worldwide. Isn't that insane? It's worldwide, baby. What was the budget? Because I thought it was a f- I thought I remembered it to be a flop, but... And then it was only over time that it... It did better over time and it also did better overseas. Right. So in the US it didn't do super well, but it was huge here in Australia. And wasn't it the, was the most expensive car chase, car crash scene uh, of all time? so many cop cars. In yeah. I, was really... I think at the time and maybe even still. I'm not, oh, probably not still. They bought a bunch of um, old cop cars and I think they paid like 400 bucks a pop for them. Um, their first draft, so they, only, they had a really short turnaround. So um, 
Dan Aykroyd wrote the first script and it was like 324 pages long. It was like triple the length of a normal <laughs> screenplay and then John Landis had to kind of edit it all down into something filmable and then they just filmed it. So it was a really quick turnaround from writing it to filming it to getting it done. So um, after a good like five months of filming um, and partying, John was completely <laughs> exhausted. And at this point, Judy and Dan Aykroyd um, and Judy uh, Jacqueline Belushi consulted a doctor about rehab for John because they were a bit concerned about him. Um, but he was sure he didn't need any help and could handle anything on his own. Um, but then John got news that his grandmother, Nana, was in hospital having suffered a heart attack. John lingered in, lingered in Chicago for two days, not wanting to visit because he felt like she was waiting for him, holding on for him, so that if he went to see her, she'd die. Right. So he's like, I'm not going to go because then she'll, she'll die. Um, eventually he did go to see her, but she was more worried about him, saying he looks tired and he needed some sleep. No, no. Um, she passed away a little while later and, after, and a week after her funeral, John saw a psychiatrist and took a new course of action. He hired a man named Richard Smokey Wendell, a former Secret Service agent who'd been working as a bodyguard for Joe Walsh from the Eagles. Um, and Smokey was hired to protect, protect John from himself. Right. He was there to stop John from being tempted by drugs and alcohol, keep him uh, keep him under control. Never heard of that. Isn't that yeah. Yeah. hiring a security guard to protect you from you? At one mm. point, apparently, John tried to like sneak out the kitchen window and, and get out, and like he got out onto the street, and Smokey was just standing there, like, "Come on, dude." <laughs> that would be frustrating. I'm Secret Service. Because <laughs> he, when he, he's he could fire him at any time, I guess. Yeah. So, so that'd be the tricky thing. I suppose that maybe John's wife or something is like, hey, only I can fire you yeah. or something. Yeah, if John says that you're fired, you're actually fire hired. Yeah. You're getting a raise. You're a fire hydrant. That's an improv <laughs> game we're trying. Yeah. yeah. Please put out the fire. Um, we didn't start the fire. John Belushi, that was John Belushi. did. <laughs> <laughs> he was smoking in bed. <laughs> so... Um, this kind of – he started to do quite well. He even hired a personal trainer. He was looking after his physical health a bit better. Um, he took on a couple of different uh, different roles, like one in like a romantic comedy, which kind of stretched him uh, as a performer because like he was so used to doing things so over the top and the director of that film having to be like, oh, tone it down a little bit, just be a regular person. But that movie was a bit of a flop. And then – Turned um, it down too much. Turned it down too much. No one had any idea what he was saying, just muttering to himself. <laughs> On the 5th of March. And it was literally just saying mutter. Yeah, it's weird. The director's going, good. Good. Great. On the 5th of March, 1982, Belushi's trainer Bill Wallace arrived for a scheduled workout and found John Belushi dead at the Chateau Marmont Hotel on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. He was 33 years old. Gosh. Jesus' age. I didn't realise he was so young. He did a lot. Because he looked, he didn't look that young, I think. True. But he also did a lot of stuff. Yeah. For that age. Um, the cause of death was a combined drug intoxication involving cocaine and heroin, a drug combination known as a speedball. Speed Why do you know that, David? Because a lot of people have overdosed on them. Famous people. I just don't understand why you would combine them. It seems like a recipe for disaster. It's always, it's, and it always seems so heartbreaking too when they, they're doing well and then things sort of turn and he kind of t- went back to drugs. Um, in the early morning hours of the day of his death, he was visited separately 
by friends Robin Williams. Ever heard of him? Yes. Robert De Niro. Oh. As well as. On the day. So, sorry. So, this is like earlier in the day. So, he would have. Um, on the same day beforehand. Yeah. I think it might have been like early, like as in say 1 a.m., kind of early morning, and then he was found it's dead just, later. Isn't it just crazy to think that Robin Williams and Robert De Niro both drop in? Like what? Yeah. What a what a celebrity. Well, life. he was like he was like a um, yeah. He he was an it guy. You know um, your favorite Father John Misty song? Chateau Lobby Number Four. You know what Chateau that's talking about? No. Yes, I just double checked. That and I've. Firstly, very cute. You remember that's my favourite Father John Misses song. But then again, the time that we went and saw him, I was like, this is my favourite song. I think the whole theatre heard. I don't care. No, it so is my that favorite. is in reference to John Belushi's... No, it's just, well, it's in reference to the to Chateau, Chateau. Maman. Because I think, and I didn't Amazing. look into this heaps because I did finish this report at 3am, but I think other things have happened at this quite... A, it's an, a bit of an infamous place. Is that yeah, correct? In... Um, Inside these walls of the Chateau Marmont include uh, p- these people have worked there, including uh, Billy Wilder, Hunter S. Thompson, Annie Libowitz, Dorothy Parker, F. Scott Fitzgerald, uh, Death Grips, and John Belushi died there. Wow! But it's been mentioned in a bunch of songs. Yeah, um, it's a good. It's like it's a. It- Including one by Angus and Julius Stone called Chateau. Oh, I like that song. And Trigger Bang by Lily Allen. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jim Morrison uh, lived there for a little while. Gosh, a lot of the people you mentioned did die young. Yeah. Well, okay, so someone else that uh, visited him as well was a woman called Catherine Evelyn Smith. She was like a backup singer um, and drug dealer. Um, two months later... She admitted in an interview with the National Enquirer that she'd been with Belushi the night of his death and had given him the fatal speedball shot. After the appearance of the article, I killed Belushi, subeditors really mm. being creative with their headlines there, um, it, was, uh, it was published um, in June 29, 1982. The case was reopened and she was extradited uh, from Canada, arrested and charged with first-degree murder. Really? And a plea bargain reduced the charge to involuntary manslaughter and she served 15 months in prison. I had I didn't know that anybody had been charged with oh, around okay, his yeah. death. Well, so what, why was that article written? Because she admitted that she had injected him. Right. Who did she admit oh, so that to? She actually injected She didn't just give him the drugs. She Appar- actually yeah, I've administered read, them. I've read that she injected him. Ooh. Yeah, right. I'm not sure why she admitted that in an interview. Yeah. But that's what caused the case to be reopened. Seems naive. Does seem a bit naive. Or maybe she wanted she felt guilty and wanted yeah, to maybe. to her. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they paid her. Yeah, that's that would be naive. <laughs> yeah. To um, do that for the money. Yeah. And then think you're not going to get in trouble. Yeah. So 2 weeks after his death, um the the, the next episode of SNL as it went live, Brian Doyle Murray gave a tribute to him and he told a story about a time he and John were walking in the in the snow, their heads down, and all of a sudden John pushed Brian out of the way and Brian looked up to see John get hit by a truck and fall to the ground. Shit. And John got up, du- dusted himself off and was completely <laughs> fine. Like an ambulance came, they took him to hospital, they x-rayed, he was fine. Yeah. But Brian's like, that truck would have killed me. Right. And he's like, he, John saved my life. Um 
and yeah, then sort of paid tribute to him on behalf of all the SNL cast and crew and everything. It was it was it's a really nice tribute. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's the life and death of John Belushi. But I have some fun facts because I didn't want to end on a sad tribute there. That was a lovely tribute, a but nice I would tribute. I love to hear some fun facts. Well, one of them I mentioned before. These are fun facts about Blues Brothers, the movie. Oh, good. Um, one of them was one that I had before about Dan Aykroyd writing 324 pages of his first draft. Um, did you know that Dan Aykroyd and Carrie Fisher became engaged during the filming? No. So um, they had sort of become a couple set up by John Belushi and uh, – <laughs> They became engaged after Aykroyd successfully administered the Heimlich maneuver on her. Uh, this is what Fisher said. She said, "I almost choked on some kind of vegetable that I shouldn't have been eating. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> some kind of vegetable." He saved my life and then asked me to marry him. And I thought, "Wow, what if this happens again? I should probably marry him." <laughs> they did That's not get logic. married. Oh, um, but I enjoy that. Fisher wasn't the only Star Wars connection. Frank Oz. We've we've mentioned before for his work from the Muppet. He played the corrections officer who returns Jake's belongings to him at the very start of the movie. That's Ah. Frank Oz. Oh, right. Isn't that cool? That's cool. Um, And my final fun fact ties into our beautiful city. Um, Chicago. 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 Um, (laughs) The Blues Brothers was very, very popular in Australia as well as other parts of the world. Like I mentioned before, it was hugely successful overseas. Similar to the Rocky Horror Picture Show in New York, the Blues Brothers was shown regularly in Melbourne's Valhalla Cinema on Friday nights through the 80s and 90s, where as many as 400 costume fans would watch as 30 actors recreated the scenes as the movie played, with everybody singing along to the musical performances. <laughs> what, so what? people are voicing, are they miming along? What's going on? I have on? no idea if they're singing live, or but they're they're... They're performing along with the movie. That's fun. That is fun. That's fun. Fun fact. I also just remember that we did Shake Your Tail Feather when I was in grade five and I played Ray Charles. Is that weird? Um, not for a primary school thing. Yeah, great. Without having not, not been there, I can't. I can't. I'm so sure hopefully it, you were doing it. I think there's a picture somewhere. <laughs> yeah, when, we're not talking about blackface, are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay, I, I, just, I didn't know that information. I assumed not, I, but I yeah, said it. I thank thought you. it was fine for a Correct school. assumption. I just stood in front of the keyboard for a bit and mimed his, well, I heard about the fellow you were dancing with. Yeah, I think you're allowed to sing Ray Charles songs okay, as a great. kid. Great, in grade great. two, I once uh, oh, Dave, no. <laughs> walked out dressed as a bug and said, welcome to the ugly bug ball. Aww. And I had to audition for that line. <laughs> Like seven other kids auditioned. You were you were picked as the ugliest. Yeah. Bug? Why do you think you got the role? I think I just had a, a bigger voice than the others. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what yeah. It, yeah. yeah that's, the, yep, yeah. The definitely voice. not those big bug like eyes. I was wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, but you had an ugly presence about you. Yeah, that's right. That was the vibe you brought <laughs> yeah. to the role. And I had an ugly. You hate. embodied the role. As I walked, why'd to you the have microphone. a gate there? Well, I needed permission. You needed permission? Yeah. Okay. I give you permission. So that's my to report about try. Is that a song? I give myself oh, permission great. to, to shine. shine. Gonna shine so bright. 
I feel like Vanessa Rimerosi. Give myself permission nice, to shine. Bachelor girl? Oh. Mm, no, I'm not sure. Right. But that is the end of my report, boys. I'm oh, another Hollywood star where you think he was probably a bit of a prick. Yeah, yeah. I reckon he would have been hard to deal with. It was Bachelor Girl. <laughs> well done. Um, but, uh, yeah, obviously very talented um, and, and achieved a lot in uh, I didn't realise how short a life. It's only 33. Yeah, that is that is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I pictured him to be in his 40s for sure. Yeah, I thought older, but yeah, there you go. Very well done, Jessica Perkins. Thank you so much. If you do, if you like John uh, Belushi, listen to uh, this podcast called Mic Check. Um, and they, I haven't listened to them yet, but they've done a few episodes on John Belushi on his career as well. If you want to hear more, like I, I imagine more specifically about his movies and stuff. More yeah. of the Belouche. More Belouche. More like unpacking of, of movies and stuff. That's yeah, super cool. fun pod. And with that, the trip ditch is complete, Jess. Or will you stretch it? God, no. Three. Three and done. Three Can and you done. name one good third sequel? Lethal mm. Weapon 4. Okay. Return of the Jedi. Um, the, the Hunger the Games. S- second sequel. I'm talking about fourth. Oh, you want the fourth one? Yeah, third sequel. Oh. Yeah, the fourth one. Yeah. So so I've done two of those. Yeah, yeah, Dave's done one incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> so the third sequel, I thought you meant the third film overall. Mm-hmm. I don't know many. Dave films. really has been wrong. It's unlikely this part of the episode will see the light of day. He'll be hounding you. <laughs> Dave, this I can't. I will. Are we hounding you? Well, well Dave, done, I give Jess, you your, a... I give yourself permission to try. Shine, shine, shine. I'm going to try so bright. <laughs> All right, Jess, <laughs> that was a great episode. I've got to say, thank you. I didn't know much about him. Yeah, I didn't know either. Hey, oh, so guys, there's a new segment on our show um, for uh, some of our Patreon subscribers. Yep. Uh, on the Sydney Scheinberg level mm-hmm. and above, mm-hmm. they uh, they get to ask a question, give a quote, or a fact. Great. This segment's called Fact, Quote, or Question. Love it. And, uh, you know, that's a working title. They get to give themselves a title themselves. Oh, okay. uh, I suggested junior vice president, but uh, so far none For of them. For all have, of them? None of them have picked that. No, each individual. So this week's... Fact, uh, Quote, or Question is from uh, a guy who's given himself the title The Most Average American. Oh. His name's Joe Smith. You're humble. And he said, yes, that is my real name. <laughs> he is yeah, the most great. average American. Yeah, great. Uh, and this is his question. My question is, if y'all, which Love is it. great. Love it. You know he's American even from his title, but also from the way he says y'all. Yes. My question is, if y'all had to swap podcasts with another podcast on the Planet Broadcasting Network mm-hmm. for one week, who would you swap with? Like, would you three together want to do the Weekly Planet? Hey, fam. Or Tofop, for example. Mm-hmm. That's in it. That was a bracketed part, so that wasn't yep. canon. Meant to be read. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, and which podcast would y'all want to do y'all's podcast in y'all's oh, absence? It sounds stupid when you say y'all. <laughs> the podcast must go the same way, but basically we're just swapping the people in the scenario. Thanks, guys. Y'all are awesome. Well, y'all are awesome, Joe Smith. Thanks, y'all. Um, I would no. like to do two in a think tank. Yes. So us three would do two in the think tank. <laughs> am yes. I locked, am I locked out of the think tank? Am I just banging on the on the tank's door? 
Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I would like that. And then they would have to do it. Because I think, well, we already know Andy's very capable of doing a report. He's done a great one for us. Al would be awesome as well. Oh, you do a swap. Yeah, so the swap with them. All right, all right, interesting. That's how it works, isn't it? (sighs) I mean, I did read the bit in the brackets. Yeah, that's how it works. That's what a swap is. Yeah, we're nailing it. This is fun. I think you get to pick a different one. You can pick a different one to do ours, so it doesn't have to be a direct oh. swap. Well, I'd also like a direct swap. I'd okay, like to great. Swap the Perfect. three of us with Auntie Donna, because I think they have no rules, no structure. They just get to fuck around, which is when you think about the one of them's a horse, one of them's a chicken nugget. Yeah, a lot chicken going on. Chicken it's- horse. Matt's the third one. <laughs> and then I'd love to hear them, the craziness that is them, try and uh, do a report and, what, and when, you know, when it goes off the rails, it would really go off the rails. Yeah, big time. Yeah, that's good. That'd be awesome. I should have thought of – I haven't thought about this at all, but those are both really good. Okay. Uh, maybe I'd get a, 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 a planet, weekly planet in here. And I'd get uh, James to do a report to Meso about uh, a real bad murder. Ooh, okay. Maybe. No. About, no, about a real good movie. Okay. And we'd go and do their podcast. No, we'd go and do Josh Earl's podcast. David be Josh and you and I'd be... um, Contestants? Contestants. Okay. So who's doing the Weekly Planet that week? No one. Oh, gosh. Or Josh oh. is. Josh is doing it. Then Josh own. goes over to Josh Weekly Planet. Josh has to go and talk about our superheroes and comic book movie news. Yes. He'd be great at because Josh can do it. No wrong. I'd get I'd get um, Meso. I've changed my mind. Meso to do the report on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to, um, to James. Great. Thank you. <laughs> James Smith, is this what you wanted? John Smith, sorry. Joe Smith. Joe. Fucking. Oh, that's fuck. not the most average. John Smith is the most John average. John Smith, sure. Yeah. Second most average, Joe Smith. Then John, Joe Bloggs. Yes. John then Citizen. Jane Doe. Jane Doe. You know? I get it. You get it. So that was that's this week's question, fact, question, or. Oh my quote. God. <laughs> yes. So yeah, a few of them come in already. There's going to be a few questions for you. No one's done a quote yet. But um, anyway, and a lot of people haven't got back to me. So if you are on the Sydney Scheinberg Patreon level, uh, please hit me up with your thingamajig. And the Patreon's been going very well lately. We are up to, I think, 75 or 76% of the way to our US tour goal. So excited. We're actually, yeah, we're starting to actually talk about it. Like it's probably maybe going to happen, maybe. I almost thought it was, I was all talking then like I thought it was, and I'm like, no, nah, I don't know. Who so, knows? So if you want to help us get to that goal, you can always, it's actually at 78%, my goodness. <laughs> my goodness. Good Gee, grief. Willikers. <laughs> my grandma says, good Lord. Oh, that's good. She's 92. The ledge. Of, um, Neil Diamond. Mm, I was thinking that. Good Lord. Never knew my Crunchy granola sweet, is that what that is? Sure. Because my head started going into Jive Bunny. Is this also Neil Diamond? I guess so. 
in a way, are we all Neil Diamond? Yeah. And I had no We're all Neil Diamonds was, in the rough. Grandma was referencing Neil Diamond this whole time. Yeah, so anyway, you want to get involved in the Patreon, just head to patreon.com slash dogoonpod or our website, dogoonpod.com, and you get two bonus episodes per month, a certain level or above. You get shout-outs, you get to vote for the topics to basically shape the show and what we talk about, mm. and you also... Uh, Maybe get your fact quote or question, or you get us to thank you live on air, which we'll do right now. Live. We, well, it does record live. I mean... This is a live recording. Live to tape. Live to tape, no, which really does take away the live crazy element, but we'll do it anyway. And um, what are we going to thank them? How are we going to thank them this week? Yeah, I was thinking, I don't know, Matt, any ideas? Something to do with Blues Brothers? Yeah, I was thinking like giving them a an instrument to play or maybe like a blues name. Oh, yeah. Or anything else if either of you want to help. No, this is your role. I don't want to uh, step on your toes. What if they were... Oh, I'm going to step on your toes. Uh, blues Brothers. What about there's some other get, you know band name that's yes. very similar to Blues Brothers? Love the something it. sisters, the cousins, you know, the uncles, the aunts, whatever. Love it, yes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Yeah, cool. I was just taking it all in, orally. <laughs> taking it all in. <laughs> yep. All right, cool. Who wants to kick us off? I'd love to start uh, by thanking from the United Kingdom of uh, England in London. <laughs> yeah, nice. A man uh, who runs a website called A Place to Hang Your Cape. Yes. Which is a superhero-based uh, hangout zone. And, and, a, it, and a long-time supporter. Long-time yes. supporter. His name is David Malofsky. Oh, oh it's David. Good. Okay, so it uh, doesn't always have to be – it could either be a colour, it could be a genre of music, it could be a feeling, and then a collection of people. It could be more than a feeling. What about cape something, the cape? Cape hangers. The cape hangers, that's pretty good. Cape hangers, I mean... And they provide the official soundtrack to a place to hang your cape. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And what if it's David Malofsky and the cape hangers? Oh. Now you're talking. I like that. That's I'd good. go you know, see that band. You know we love an the. Yeah. I do love an I'm big into that. Huey yeah. Lewis and the News started it. Yep. And <laughs> David Malofsky is finishing it, so you can say. And thank you to... I don't think Huey Lewis started it, but thank you. <laughs> Thanks uh, for going with me there. And thank thanks to David. David for the support. Place to hang your cape. Check it out if you would like to go to the Hangout Zone. <laughs> I hope I described that okay. I'd also love to thank from Brisbane in Queensland, one of our favourite towns. I say ours, one of my favourite cities. It's pretty good. Oh, we've visit. been there. We've loved, we loved our live show we did last year and we are hoping to maybe visit again sometime. Yes, we're hoping to maybe, yeah, maybe pre-Christmas again, maybe, maybe. <laughs> we should probably start planning that properly. <laughs> uh, from Brisbane, I'd love to thank... Timothy Barry, a man with two first names, Timothy a man Barry. after my own heart. Oh, Timothy Barry, and the no, Timothy. It Timothy. It's not an ander. Timothy Barry and the mem- Maroon Mist. Ooh. Oh, I love it. I love that Queenslander. 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 That's great. That is good. Good stuff. The Maroon Mist sounds like a superhero as well. Yeah. I do wow. want to check that out. That is great. Thanks, Timmy. Timmy Barry. On your Timmy Barry. That's a real great name. Tim Rock Barry. solid. Barry is one of my favourite names. Because it, getting... it sounds like Gary? Yes. Yeah. I get it. Dave, would you like to go next? I, thank you. Thank you Please. so much. I would like to thank from the Bay of Plenty in New Zealand, 
And I would like to give this. They don't person, want one for anything over there. I would like to give them plenty of thanks. Oh. That is to Fraser Cameron. Fraser. Ah, Fraser. Fraser. Fraser Cameron. Buddy Niles and the gang, hopefully, are all doing well. Also, uh, Daphne. Love Daphne. Uh, little dog. And obviously. Eddie. Eddie the dog. And your old man, Mr. Crane. Right. Hopefully he's doing as well. What about Roz? Oh, Roz can fuck off now. Nah, like, <laughs> like Roz, Roz is great. What about uh, Miss, Mr. Crane and the Forgotten Rozes? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That's very good. Fraser Cameron, that is your new band or Hangout Zone name. Congratulations. <laughs> Mr. Crane and the Forgotten Rozes. Bay of Plenty. It sounds amazing. Yeah. It does. Love to go there. And f- I'd like to thank my final person is uh, from North Yorkshire. Wow. Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Redcar. Redcar. Redcar in North Yorkshire. Over in uh, GB, I'd like to thank Sean Oliver. Sean Oliver, another man with two first names. Oh, God, some more, Sean Oliver. Yeah, great. Is that something? Yeah, let's let's make that something. So what? What? Say it again. Sean Oliver and the twist. Grab some more, squire. <laughs> oh no, I've had enough of me porridge. The bird's gone. Grab <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more. Birds are coming up me porridge. <laughs> something like that. That is not an excuse to lose porridge. <laughs> oh, the birds have got it. How did they get it? They can't carry oh, a bowl. They flew in here, stuck it under their wings, and off they popped. <laughs> They, took, they didn't eat the... They just took the bowl. They took the whole bowl. Screw it. I've got to eat it with my hands now. Please, sir, don't prepare porridge into me palms. Oh, it's please, boiling. sir. It's boiling. Thank you, sir. Thank you for this burning pain. <laughs> so, so, what have we got? Sean, Sean Oliver. Oliver and the th- bird thieves. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sean Oliver. <laughs> Pat, you really birds. You disappeared into yeah, that. My eyes, eyes rolled back. Yeah. Into my head. That was beautiful. It. What did? What happened? No, oh, I'll replay it for you later. Great. That Sean, is something else. <laughs> that was dedicated to you. That performance. The birds got in and put it under their wing. <laughs> You're insane. <laughs> thank you, Sean. And I would like to thank a couple of people as well, if you boys don't mind. Oh, I'd love you to thank some people. Thank you so much. I would like to thank from Surrey. Also in Great Britain, Adam Knight. Oh, gosh. Great name. Holy moly. With a K? Adam and the Round Table. (laughs) (laughs) This band is a table. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's just him. Hitting a table. But does he move around the table? Hey! (laughs) He's got eight seats at the table and he just plays musical chairs. (laughs) Does a different voice for each of them. I mean, you don't. You can veto it if you hate it. No, I love it. You hate it. I Adam, get it. You Adam and the it. Round Table. Yeah, I like it. Adam loves it. Adam loves it. Adam loves it. it. Thank you, Adam. We love you. His table's also. It's really easy to get from gig to gig because he just rolls it down the road. Yeah, it's his mo- mode of transport yeah. as well. He jumps in, holds one leg with his hands. <laughs> like one of those things. <laughs> <with gladiators>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a little hamster wheel. Yeah. Um, and I would also like to thank, if I may, Dave. Uh, we had. Sean DeFore from North Yorkshire. This person is from West Yorkshire. Oh, what are the bloody chances? You know the North Yorkshires and the West Yorkshires love each other. Oh, thank goodness. You two need to find each other and become friends. Yes. Send us a picture. Thank and you. This person's from Osset. 
in West it? Yorkshire. It's Stephen Groom. Oh. Another good name. Oh, wedding. Groom. Do we hear wedding bells? Mm, I'm sure he doesn't get that all the time. <laughs> well, everything we do is things they get all the time. <laughs> good point. Do you good not way. think Oliver gets bird thief all yeah, the time? Good point. <laughs> Stephen Groom, any ideas there? Stephen Groom and the funeral directors. Oh! Because you think... Fuck yes! You think wedding. Four weddings and a funeral. And you twist that around a little bit. David. Stephen Groom, and it's got a beautiful rhythm. I love Stephen it. Stephen Groom and the funeral directors. Dave, that's great. That's some of your best work. Thank you so much. And they all dress Take a up. Day off. They all wear all black suits. Yes. Oh, and they just play like this, this grim look on their face. Yeah, really morning music. Yeah, they, yeah you, you do not play this at night. Do not. Awesome. Thank you, Stephen Groom. Thank you, Pun King. And um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks to everyone that supports the show at patreon.com slash pod. It really helps. And when we hit goals like the US tour, that is just going to make our lives. Ah, absolute dream come true if, if we get to tour to America or anywhere. But certainly America would be amazing. Certainly would be. Um, if you'd like to get in contact at any time, dogoonpod.com. It's got all the links there. You can also click on uh, suggest a topic there and you can uh, put a topic in the hat that one of us may choose. You can tell us about the topic, why we should do it. That's always nice to read. Read your little pictures. And, uh, read your pictures. He does not understand no. pictures. I do not understand. And also see our words on Instagram. Um, Hang on, I've missed that. Missed that up. No, you can pitch you the topic to it. us and we read it. And it's um, often why we choose them. Jess has also just uh, taken the reins of Instagram <laughs> off Dave because Dave, we found out years after we started that he doesn't really understand how it works. So if you've ever messaged on Instagram, you'll probably get a reply now. And um, yeah, Oh, no, we're up to date with the messages on Instagram. I just Instagram. don't understand why you would message someone on Instagram. And What's also, we'll, we'll probably, uh, Jess will start doing more stories and stuff, I think. Is that don't right? put that pressure on me. Please do them. I mean, we all okay. have access to it. You can just ask. Oh. I just did, please. I thought you... Yeah, no problem. I just saw you doing a story now, and it made me think that maybe you were going to start doing stories now. Because you were doing a story mm. now. Now! Right now. Oh, I'm watching your story. It's pretty good. Oh, I'd say if, if anyone's still listening, but I, I'm starting a new podcast and these guys are going to be on sometime. It's coming out soon, so I just thought I'd, I'd put the word out. But I think it'll be out in the next few weeks. It's called Primates, and it's all about uh, apes and and uh, monkeys in popular culture. <laughs> sounds silly when you say it out loud. No, it doesn't. It sounds genius. Um, so, yeah, well, I'll tell you more about that in future episodes. Yes, I'm we'll sure. definitely let you know when it comes out. Very excited. Matt and I have recorded our episode of that one already, and it was um, it was a lot of fun talking about it. Wow, it doesn't sound like it was fun at all. <laughs> it really was. It was... We... Um... How do I say? It was nice. <laughs> it was pleasant. How do I say? How do I say? Uh... It, it, it lacked a certain... <laughs> je ne sais quoi. It lacked a certain uh, fun or interest. Oh, but it finished, and um, yeah, and we yeah we were able to move on. With no, we got last. to talk about one of my favourite things in the world, which I will not spoil. But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Having. And yeah, we'll let you know when that comes out very very soon. Uh, get in contact anytime. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, I will say thank you, and I will say oh, goodbye. Ladies. Bye. <laughs> well, the pipes of John Belushi. Yeah, sing it now. The pipes of John Belushi.
This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>